This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 6th, 2020. This episode is brought to you by the American Driving Society. Good morning, horse world. for joining us on this driving episode and it's good to have you on again wendy i know it's great to be back so uh fortunately our big uh our big hurricane did not take us out so went on by florida decided you know what like the rest of the country nobody wants involved with florida right now not even the hurricanes like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's good stay out we're full. <laughs> so, so tell us what's coming up on today's show okay well i can't believe the summer is almost over and i'm sure some of you are thinking about what to do or how to get to florida this winter so on this show we have clayton bratcher who is the new mayor of black prong and he tells glenn about all the upgrades is that his official prong. title mayor of black prong he's the mayor of black prong which is not too far from us here in ocala no, it's right, it's right outside of Ocala, and it's next to the Gothi Forest, which is 60,000 acres of riding and driving trails. Uh, we also have Kathleen Hake, who is going to talk to us about the father of the manure spreader, which is a very exciting segment. Uh, the American Driving Society's rule chairwoman, Lauren Reese, shares the 2021 rule change proposals. And Katie Cadwell from Tremont Training Center is going to talk about the try-on CDE and getting back to showing. Plus, on, a, on my TCVM segment, we learn about Paxi, the Uber for animals. So listen in. Well, you packed this show full. Wow. So, uh, (laughs) and of course, I'm not slacking this time, Glenn. No, there's no slacking for you. So, uh, you can listen to all the past driving episodes just by going to drivingradioshow.com. That's where you can find them all back almost 10 years, I think. Long time. So, uh, we, we, as we start the show, we usually do a product feature and we're going to start it again that way today with Dr. Wendy Ying. Okay. Well, we're all getting back into the swing of things. So I wanted to talk about body sore herbal formula, which is our most popular herbal formula for dogs and horses and some kitties. If you can get it into them, we'll take it. But it's a general formula for aches and pains and sports injuries. And this also um, is a herbal formula that's based on a, like a, it's a formula that people use too. Okay. And it is, In the TCVM way we think about it, it's for blood stagnation, okay? So blood stagnation is like sharp pain, like a local pain. So you can think about a bruise, right? That makes sense of stagnation because you get punched in the arm and you get a bruise. Your blood is stagnant there. And it's also for chi stagnation. 
Chi stagnation is like your life force, like your energy. So chi stagnation is when you just feel crappy all over. Like kind of like the country did at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like when you're having your Lyme, your Lyme issue. Yep. Your whole body, you feel bad. You can't think. You're just like weak. So it's for those two kinds of stagnation. So we think in Chinese medicine, we want to break the stasis. We want to move blood and chi. And this has uh, the four main herbs in this formula. I've talked about before on other shows, but it's safflower and peach kernel are two of the main herbs and they increase blood flow and they help repair vessels. So when you get uh, trauma or pain, uh, like if you get trauma to your body, you can break some blood vessels open or if you pull your muscle or like <laughs> I was talking to Glenn, I had an accident on my horse and I pulled my groin and let me tell you, Oh my God, that is painful. But I'm sure some blood vessels were ripped. Uh, so, uh, the other two herbs are frankincense and myrrh, which we've talked about a lot. You know, those are ancient herbs and they are resins from trees. Frankincense is also called Boswellia, which is like all the rage nowadays. And those, uh, have been used for centuries to reduce pain and inflammation. So we help increase the blood flow to the area and reduce the pain and inflammation. It kind of works like NSAIDs and opioids, frankincense and myrrh. That's why we use them together because they work on two different actions of the pain cascade. Um, and then the other herbs in the formula like angelica or the ox's knee or the Chinese rubber tree bark, those all have different plant extracts that um, increase the activity of your cells that rebuild your connective tissue. So it stimulates the cells that, that build more bone or make more tendon or uh, like fix your muscle fibers. And so this is a great general formula. You know, we talk about yin and yang, hot and cold. This is a neutral formula and it's a great formula to use for, for just general aches and pains, but you do not want to give it to pregnant animals. And if you want to find more information about these herbal formulas, you can go to drwendyying.com. We have Kathleen back on here, and she is with the Carriage Association of America with our Carriages 101 segment. And we are so excited because today we're going to talk shit. Specifically, we're going to talk spreading it. And I can say that because in this case, it's a noun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that we, we've been giggling like school children about this, which, you know, we just don't often get to talk uh, shit as much as we are today. But, and for uh, those that are offended right now, we're talking about spreading that particular shit. topic, uh, or that particular thing with a manure spreader. And I don't know how the hell did you come up with the topic of doing a manure spreader segment. I don't know. <laughs> well... Uh, like a lot of people this year, we put in a little garden and uh, we started out with 23 little tomato seeds. And uh, after nature got done drowning them and the birds got done <laughs> eating them, we last week had our first four tomatoes. Yay! <laughs> Yay! With the one and, plant that's left. <laughs> yes, there's only two out of 23 left. Oh my God. And uh, which we. We have um, really worked on this poor tomato plant, and, and the reason why he finally bloomed is because we fertilized him. 
and we spread a little um, what I like to to refer to as champion manure because we we do f- like to believe that you know having those championship ribbons contribute to <laughs> better manure. Yeah, you can't just buy it at the store from who knows where. I know. You don't know what those horses were. It could have been some last place horse you got it from. I know. know. (laughs) And that might just be why your garden's not doing so well this year. (laughs) It's poor quality. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't judge well. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So, anyways, uh, we, we were talking about that. And then I happened to be looking through a book, and I saw a advertisement for the J.S. Kemp company. And he is known as the father of manure spreaders. And I was like, well, there's that's what you want to be for your legacy, by the way. <laughs> I know. I know. And I thought, well, hmm. So this is literally a gentleman that changed the lives of almost every horse owner. Uh, Not to mention cow farmers and everything else, you know. Yes, Uh, basically anybody that eats food is has has been affected by his um, designs and things like that. And and there are other people which we'll talk about in a minute that contributed to really learning about the how to spread manure. But it's it's just amazing that these people become lost in time, but have such an amazing effect on our uh, lives and. Really, when I got into researching this, because, you know, you can't just say, oh, hey, he was the king of or the father of manure spreaders <laughs> without wondering, well, what else is out there? And it turns out that Amy Bogard, who is an archaeobotanist, um, <laughs> which I, I didn't know that existed either, Me neither. Uh, looked at 13 sites from Greece to Bulgaria, UK to Denmark, and they have determined that we have been using manure for fertilizer for approximately 8,000 years. Wow. So that's some serious shit. Yeah. Um, And, of course, (laughs) that was also a problem in the late 1800s because as we have more people and we try to feed more people and we start moving into the cities, we have what became the great manure crisis in New York City in the late 1800s. And at that point, they were producing approximately 250 of today's garbage trucks worth of horse manure on a daily basis. Oh, my God. A day? There was over 100,000 horses there. Could you imagine what those cities smelled like? (laughs) Right. But part of the reason why those horses were there was because their owners could package or could collect the manure and they were sold back. Um, and you could almost pretty much pay for your horse's keep by selling the the manure as fertilizer, because Mm. at this point there is no, um, chemical fertilizer. Everything has to be done by, by manure, you know, natural stuff. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could keep a horse in the city, afford to do that just by selling the manure back. And that's totally amazing. Yes. It was the first recycling. (laughs) Really, it was. But that's a lot of manure when you think (laughs) about it. And But at the same time, they're sitting there and they have, after, you know, 7,000 and some years, have not yet figured out how to effectively apply this to the fields. Because when we talk about people back in in the day, in the 1700s, 
And we know that they missed a lot of school because of farming. In, in our heads, we all think about putting up hay or grain or something like that. But they spent a lot of time in the, sp- in the spring and, and uh, winter spreading manure on the fields because mm-hmm. you had to fertilize them in advance. So were and they so doing it by hand? They were just taking the were. buckets out there? and <laughs> by much, hand? They would dump oh them God. out in, in big, huge piles in, in the field in various spots, and then you would take a rake and you would spread it if you were lucky. And if you weren't, you were taking it out by the bucket. Ugh. And so it was very time-consuming, and it was something that literally affected the, the lives of all these men who, well, and women, who were pulled out of school because they were needed to spread this manure. And that actually was a, a driving force with Mr. Kemp. He was really determined to get an education. And this was something that affected his education. Joseph Oppenheim, who also created a manure spreader and is, um, he's the one that put the paddles on it. He was a teacher and his kids kept getting pulled out of school to, to handle the manure. And so they both felt that this was something that would contribute to education because people could be in school more, Um, which is not something that you readily connect with a manure spreader, you know? And so I thought that was really interesting. But so Kemp designed this, um, he took this ox cart and he essentially figured out how to make it effective with the chain moving. And that was a huge improvement and it really became a thing. And when we say, oh, it was great, at that point in time, they were only producing like eight wagons a week or something like that, which, but that was a big deal back then. And they could, within a year, really see the increase in production of their crops. And they were said that he was very important because he could grow two leaves of grass where they're used to only be able to grow one. So and so, so what year was this that he did this? So they really started in 1875. Oh, I didn't know it was that early. Okay. Yeah, hmm. and it really didn't. It really kind of hit its uh, speed and everything right at the 1900 mark. Um, 1901 is is when you start seeing what they call the new idea spreader, which was part of Oppenheim's, and he was from Ohio. He's uh, honored in the Ohio Agriculture Hall of Fame. Um, Kemp, he really expanded in the early 1900s. And for 16 years, he he just boomed. Um, and most of these are horse, not only are they spreading horse manure and cow manure, but they are also horse drawn. And so that makes it easier for you. The first ones just kind of dumped the manure out behind it, but you could then um, because the ch- it was chain driven, you were getting it wasn't all in a pile, and it was significantly easier than raking it from a standstill. You know, so you still you just had to go down really narrow paths because it was only uh, I don't know maybe four feet wide. I don't even know if it was four feet wide the first one, and so you know you just had to up and down, up and down, up and down. But it's still faster than working up from the pile oh yeah and then 1903 i think it is is when they add the beaters actually i'm sorry my my mistake it's 1899 is when they start adding the paddles and that's when they really can 
um, have a little bit more, you know, spread of things and, and mm-hmm. you didn't have to worry about it clumping. Um, up until then, it was all done by hand and you had to, you had to be good at it because otherwise you burn the soil. And and then you didn't have any tomatoes. Right. Can, can you imagine? I mean, ours when we had our big farm, hundred acres, we had bought one at an auction. It was a ground drive. It wasn't PTO driven, so it was a ground drive. We hauled with the tractor, but it was pretty much the same design that they used back then. I mean, it hadn't changed yes. a lot in all those years. Uh, it pretty much was, you know, a little bit tougher stuff, but it was pretty much the same. And anybody that has had to change that frickin' drive, the the things that make it go out the back, the chain yeah. drive with the little bars, anybody yes. that had to deal with that knows exactly what I'm talking about. What a nightmare. When you'd have to replace that, <laughs> it was a nightmare. Or it got frozen in the winter. That was the oh, other yeah. thing that would happen. Yeah. It would freeze in the winter. If you didn't empty it right away and you let it overnight, it would freeze, and it would be a nightmare to get it unfrozen. <laughs> oh I didn't so, think about that. My when horror we think stories. about that, and, and we do get angry with them, and I, I've been in that position, and, and you know how frustrating it is. Think of how it would have been if the manure, if you didn't have the chain, and it was just a frozen pile of manure in the in the. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And I can just picture you just wait it just till spring. Yeah. The you pretty much like, had to wait till a warm day for yeah. the, the frost. That's yes. what you had to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so you know, and as things go on. You know, they do get bigger. Um, Kemp goes into business with Burpee. I double-checked because I wanted to know if this Burpee that he had went into business with was related to the gentleman uh, that founded the Burpee Seed Company. And apparently not. But it, it just seemed like somewhere along the line there has to be a relationship yeah, there How many somewhere. Burpees are there? <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know. But uh, he eventually, in 1903, he sold the company to International Harvester. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Um, he moved it to Iowa, and then he sold it to the design to International Harvester in 1906 um, with the manure spreader that Oppenheim built. He died in 1901, but his demand was growing quickly. And by 15 years later, which is 1916, his sales were over a million, million and a half dollars. Whoa. And today's oh money, gosh. that's a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they were in 1924, they were turning out 124 manure spreaders in an eight hour day, which is wow. quite a few, if you can imagine that. And then that eventually got sold. That was the new idea company that got sold to AFCO manufacturing who then later sold it to white farm equipment do you remember the white? We had a white farm tractor at one point yeah. in time in the nineties, and then they were <laughs> sold to Ago, and who, who currently owns them? I think our manure spreader that we bought, which probably was a nineteen sixties model, might have been a new new idea actually, because mm-hmm. um, they were still around too under that name for a while. They were, yeah. and, and it's a pretty well known name. Um. And you see the new idea ones in um, quite a few museums. Uh, and I'm not quite sure. It depends on where you are in the country as to what type of, of manure spreaders you saw, which seems kind of odd to me. Well, but that it must would be like carriage makers, your, though, right? I mean, it was well, the same regional. Yes. It was kind of regional. So must have had something to do with how their trade routes went, because I think, I'm not entirely sure, but from what I've seen so far, I think Oppenheim, who was from 
Ohio went south and, and west, and then um, Kemp particularly went west, which falls in with where he expanded the company to Iowa. And so, and he also was uh, had quite a bit of business in Canada. Both of them did. And um, so, you know, it was quite interesting. One was in Quebec. Kemp was in Quebec. And um, Oppenheim was in uh, Ontario. It's funny, though. I saw, an, I saw a Facebook post the other day about manure spreaders. And I couldn't believe how many horse people were like, you know, if you have four acres, you probably don't want to spread. But, you know, if you have a lot of acreage, we spread all the time. And how many were saying, oh, never spread that in the fields? Uh, and and Dr. Wendy, the thing they always say is, is it'll spread worms and disease. Well, I mean, technically, that's true. Okay, if you live in Florida, there's no, uh, like, the, the eggs that your horses are shedding in their poop are going to be spread onto the field and then they can have, they have a free living stage. So they hatch. And in Florida, they can do that in other places where there's a freeze, they die out on the field. Hmm. But if your horse is pooping in the, in the pasture, if you don't go out there and pick up every single, even if you pick up every single manure pile, those little nematodes, once they hatch, they can like squiggle away. Like they can be like six feet away from that poop. So, so you're saying it's happening to some degree anyway, it's happening to some degree anyway. So I think spreading the extra manure, unless you're spreading it from like, say you have different age paddocks that you keep separate. That's what Separately. we did. We would spread and not put horses out there for a while. There was a period yeah. of time we would not and put you, the horses out there. And you lived in Pennsylvania, yep. so there would be time when there would be a freeze yep. and kill off all the worms. Yep. But in reality, you know, we have dewormers that work, and it costs like $2 yeah. every eight weeks. So there's other options. I understand the theory of this don't spread the manure, but... But and it most people use it on crops better. anyway. It's not spread on. It's usually not spread back on the horse's field. It's spread on crops, or you're yeah, doing like a if rotation. Yeah, you had a garden, yeah. if you had a garden, it'd be great to take your manure that you've composted and then put in the manure spreader and spread it on your garden a couple times a year. Speaking Absolutely. of which, the first year Jennifer and I moved in that big farm with a hundred acres, we decided we're going to be just like every newly married couple, <laughs> every married couple. And I saw it this year with a in bunch of my Facebook friends who planted these huge gardens. We probably planted an acre and the weeds took over. And just like you, the plants died or we had a million squash. Just a million squash. We couldn't give the squash away. And, and you have to start canning. Oh. That's when you have to start canning. And tomatoes. In, in Pennsylvania, tomatoes grew and grew and grew and grew. And cucumbers. We must have had a million cucumbers. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did not do that the second year. But it's so funny <laughs> when I see these newlywed couples out there planting their gardens, and I'm thinking, yeah, you wait. <laughs> <laughs> and there were probably more gardens planted this year than in the history of time. No, I think that's probably true. Yeah, I can't get anything to grow here other than flowers in Florida. I can't get any. You know why? In Florida, you have to plant opposite of what you normally think. Right, you have to plant almost in January. Summer is like our winter. Yeah, we have to plant in January to get it to come in in April. So right now, you can start planting things. You may also need some fertilizer. (laughs) We have plenty of that. Yeah, we don't need. (laughs) It's just too hot. It burns the plants. Well, that was very fascinating. 
Yes, it was something that I, I don't think any of us knew going into this that that this all had taken place, and and uh, he's, these gentlemen are certainly worthy of remembering, and because they've changed our lives. I wonder literally. what year the PTO, the power takeoff, came in. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, that means where you actually hook it to the drive on the tractor and the tractor spins it through the through the power drive rather than the wheels doing it through a ground drive is what happens. I, you know, we keep forgetting there are probably some people out there listening right now that have never seen a manure spreader. <laughs> so it's like, well, and that's true. And actually, that was one point that I wanted to bring up. Somebody was complaining about um, stall fees and, and the fees that were being fed, uh, charged at a horse show. And it was an urban horse show. And part of it was tw- like $22 for manure management. And that's because literally at that point in time, there is no possibility of spreading it. It's in the city. You have yeah. to literally, it's put in a dumpster and taken away. And, um, you know, at that that's costly. But um, there are probably quite a few people in this country, or, well, in the world, that have never seen a, a manure spreader. Um, I'm not sure exactly when the PTO came around. I, I want to say it was the sixties, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, I have no idea either, but it would make sense that we had, I don't think the early tractors didn't have the PTO drive either. So, um, hmm. well, this is fascinating. Thank you so much. Where can people find out about the carriage association of America? The carriage association is online at caaonline.com. And we have a Facebook page where I'll post some more information about uh, this manure spreader. And that is Carriage Association of America. Andy, uh, Jennifer, my wife, Coach Jen, she had the opportunity to catch up with the mayor of Black Prong Equestrian Village, Clayton. And he uh, talked a little bit about all the expansion and cool things they're doing there. You know, the World Equestrian Center here is being built out, and it's quite impressive. I want to talk to you a little bit about that, too. But uh, Clayton is going to talk a little bit about what they're doing at Black Prong, because in a few months... There'll be some people maybe descending on Florida if anybody's allowed in. So uh, so let's hear from Clayton. Or out. Or they won't be able to get home. At home, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that I could lasso Clayton Bratcher, duly appointed mayor of a of Black Prong Equestrian Village, to do a little interview with me today because there's been a lot going on at Black Prong, which is located just west of Ocala, for those who are not Ocala, uh, not Florida equestrians. And it's so, I call it the sleeper facility here in the Ocala area because we've been hearing a lot about all of the improvements over the Florida Horse Park, the improvements at HITS, the improvements at the World Equestrian Center. But all this time for the past, I would say, 18 months or so, there's been a lot going on construction-wise at Black Prong. So I got Clayton here to fill us in on it. So first of all, what is Black Prong Equestrian Village? So Black Prong uh, was founded in the early 2000s uh, by a couple, uh, Alan and Maureen Olson, uh, to focus the facility around combined driving and give give folks that, that combined drive a place for them to stay and train over the wintertime. Um, they built several cabins. They, they had a pavilion on site. Um, and they also hosted a couple... Uh, combined driving events, similar to what Live Oak is, but not quite at the same level right now. Um, that was, that's what it was founded. Uh, and right now we bought the property in May 1st. Uh, Reed and Sarah Nagel purchased it um, with kind of keeping the same, uh, you know, the same vision in mind and trying to broaden the, uh, 
the, the, the scope of it. So I, I noticed that it's equestrian village. Why not Black Prong Training Center or Black Prong Farm? Why is it equestrian village? So Black Prong has had a, a, a strong base of everybody feeling like, like family there, and everybody's just sort of like a village. Uh, people can come and stay for several months at a time, um, and it really gives a homely atmosphere. Um, and kind of the equestrian center, we wanted to give it that feel to where people could come and stay, and um, and everybody was just tight facility and not really a commercial setting. Um, so it's really bucolic and tranquil. And, and we thought that, you know, the town village would be more fitting than uh, center. So. Alrighty. So it's the equestrian village is what is someone going to see when they pull in the front driveway, when, when black prong opens back up to the wide, wide world, what, what are we going to feel and see? Well, you'll see a new and improved pavilion. Uh, I think the, the previous pavilion was like around 4,000 square feet. Um, and we built a brand new one uh, that was, I think, right now it's approximately 10,000 square feet, 10, somewhere between 10 and 11,000 square feet. Um, it has a 90,000 square feet of concrete pavers uh, that encompass parking lot area. Uh, we have a new commercialized swimming pool. I think fit 70 people in it, a, a hot tub jacuzzi. Uh, pool house that's, that's roughly 3,000 square foot. It's got men and women's bathrooms in it uh, with a small fitness center. Uh, the, the pavilion itself has a I think right around 4,000 square foot uh, venue space where we can ho- host different events, seminars, um, weddings, corporate retreats, um, all the above, along with the, a commercial kitchen. So we have we, we have the hopes of adding a uh, a restaurant in the facility in the coming months where we're actually not done building it yet. Um, it has business center, a, a small retail space um, for, for people to order hay and feed, and we can have it delivered directly to their stalls as they stay at the facility. Um, and then right now we're adding a couple arenas. So we've had, we had an existing turf arena that needs some improvements. So we're adding new footing to it, planting some new grass, uh, with the help of our turf uh, turf consultant, um, and also we have an outdoor arena that's that's forty by eighty meters, and it is uh, getting a new surface put on it, so people can use it more regularly. We'll be adding new barns. Uh, right now we have we have nine cottages that are attached to barns that are being renovated. Um, so right now, if you came through the gate, you'd see a big construction site. But come, <laughs> well, uh, let's fast forward nine months. What are we going to see then? Yeah, so nine months to see a thriving, uh, a thriving village, for lack of better terms, uh, to where you have, you know, be buzzling and but still have that bucolic and tranquil in nature that Black Prong has always had. Um, so we're nestled along the Gothi State Forest, which is like 53,000 acres of uh, of riding trails. I think there's 120 miles, uh, and we're surrounded by three sides by that. Uh, so it really provides a nice non-commercial setting where people can come and relax and. Um, and go out riding for a day and, and probably not see the same trail twice. So is Black Prong Equestrian Village more akin to a campground? Can I come in there with my living quarters trailer and hang out for a weekend? I'm trying I'm I'm struggling with oh, for sure. with its identity. Is it <laughs> is it a campground? Is it a short term stay facility? Is it a training center? Give me some ideas. Well it's kind of all of the above. Uh, we have uh, we have combined driving events that we have now. Uh, we're looking to diversify that and hold other events there. We also have a like a campground area 
that has uh, very secluded campground spots uh, that come this winter will have, you know, cobblestone pads. Some of them are going to have covers over them. They'll have barns that are nearby for people to keep their horses in. Um, people can stay for a night, just go camping for the weekend. They can stay for three months during the wintertime if they come down from the north. Um, we have special events. Like I said, we have the carriage driving. Once we have other events, it'd be an event venue. We're going to have weddings. I mean, it really has a, it really has a multitude of things that it tries to encompass, but it's a, it's a very unique property. So if I am a organizer and I want to organize a 4-H show, is, are the competition venues available to be rented out in that respect? Can I just uh, uh, call Black Prong and say, hey, we want to have a competition on date such and such. Can we rent the rent arena A, B, and C with parking? Yep, exactly. That's uh, th- th- that's our goal right now. We haven't fleshed out all the details yet because we're still under construction, obviously. Um, but that is the goal to have it to where an outside organizer can come in and use the facility. Um, we're actually adding in, in April 2021, uh, pending county approval, which we're going through right now, we are going to be adding a like 179 foot wide by 379 foot long covered arena. Um, so it'll have the state of the art. I think it's going to have fiber footing in it. It'll be really a beautiful place, uh, yeah, and that'll be up for rent as well. Yeah, covered arena is is key here in the summertime because Ocala is oh, not quite sure. so toasty as Wellington. So a lot of the spring and fall and even summer months, it's very lovely to ride here. But you've got to be able to get out of the daily downpours that last 15 minutes and they happen every three and a half hours. So that's going to be a real treat to have a, a covered arena out there. Oh, for sure. It'll be irrigated and we'll have the, uh, we'll have, you know, we'll have the large fans for air circulation and uh, have an insulated roof to try to, you know, right now Black Prong's very busy over the wintertime. And we were, we run last season, I think we had like a 75% occupancy over the wintertime. Um, and we want to try to stretch that out over the summertime because it basically goes to zero. Uh, we, with a few hit or miss weekends, we have people come stay with us and go riding in the forest. Um, but that's kind of, you know, the goal of having this covered arena is that, you know, we can host events throughout the whole year and, and really keep, keep the place bu- bubbling all year long. So what kind of, tell me a little bit more about the arena spaces that you're going to be putting in. Um, size, types of footing, loc- where are they located in reference to the front <laughs> entrance of the facilities? So we have... We actually have two entrances. We have one main entrance that leads you into the into the pavilion. Then we have a resident entrance. Um, and the two arenas, one is going to be the turf arena that's that's 40 meters uh, by 100 meters, which translates to about 100, 130 foot wide and uh, about 330 foot long, somewhere in those neck of the woods. And then we have a 40 by 80 um, dirt arena that is roughly about 100, 130 wide, and it's only about... Uh, 250 foot long um and that's more of a you know it's a lime rock base uh, i don't have a thin surface on the top of screening so it'll be more of like a an all-purpose arena mm-hmm. uh, maybe able to have some dressage and jumping and, and things like that um and then back towards the main entrance at the pavilion um uh, well it's where you'll access the uh, the large covered arena when, when it's built and like i said that'll probably have the fiber footing in it mm-hmm so going forward, if I wanted to come down and hang out at Black Prong Equestrian Village for a week or two, I'm going to take a vacation with my horses. 
Will the arena surfaces and will there will there be places for me to train with my horse? Oh yes, for sure. I, and, and you said this winter. Well, a given winter. <laughs> oh yes, ma'am. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of our facilities are open. Uh, we do charge a day fee if you want to come in. If you're not staying there, you can come in and train the horse. But our residents that stay there are going to have free use through the arenas. Um, we'll have some sort of regulation on on how often they can be used just to try to preserve the footing, especially in the grass arena. Um, but yes, yeah, there's always a place to open where you can come and train. Alrighty. Now, if I want to come in again with my living quarters horse trailer, am I allowed to keep my horse at my campsite? So you cannot actually tie it out. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to come in for the day, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're staying overnight, we do require horses to have stalls. So that way, just okay. for safety purposes, they're not, you know, they're not out at night. Yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm going to add into that. There's an important reason for that. As Clayton mentioned earlier, Black Prong Equestrian Village is completely surrounded by the Gothi National Forest, which is um, thousands and thousands of acres. So if a horse gets loose and gets out into the thousands and thousands of acres of Gothi Forest, it's really, really hard to find them, which is why they don't have you tying your horses out overnight and they need a proper stall and or paddock to be inside of. <laughs> exactly. And it's actually happened before. Uh, oh, it's happened, it it happened, happened several times a year. We have, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm within the the endurance riding community. I, I do my best to do endurance riding. So every okay. oh, two or three times a year, you'll see a little, a little Instagram pop up or a Facebook post pop up. So-and-so lost their horse in areas such and such on the trails. Keep an eye out. And usually they're found in pretty short order, but every once in a while, one of them goes rogue and it's two weeks later that you find the horse. So it's important to exactly. have them secured. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. That is true. Yeah, we actually hosted the um, the Gothi Endurance Ride uh, last December. So I hope they uh, I hope they decide to come back. It was really interesting to see. I attended one of the Gothi Endurance Rides. Uh, a few, I, yeah, the year before, uh, before last in 2018, I went to it, and there there are some amazing and beautiful trails out there, and, and it's very very remote, and it's uh, it's kind of a fun. It's a different kind of a ride than you find at some of the other endurance venues here in the Ocala area because we have a lot of them. But the Black Prong one that, that starts at Black Prong is different because you're not 10 minutes into your ride and you feel like you're a million miles from, uh, from civilization. It feels very remote because the, the forest closes around you really quickly. So this is going to be a kind of an interesting adventure as you guys get finished and get open to the public proper because you're going to have all of the modern conveniences right there inside the village because you guys put uh, fiber fiber in so you can actually get internet for people who want to come down for the winter and still be able to work remotely. Yeah, we are actually, uh, we have a main hub coming in the pavilion that's actually been installed that hasn't actually been turned on yet and we're looking for a uh, a good solution to installing a fiber network throughout the whole property right now. So yes, we'll have a, uh, we'll hopefully have Wi-Fi this coming November. So. That's, that's pretty darn exciting because there are a lot of horse people who can, and even more so now that we've all learned more and more of us have learned to, to work remotely since COVID has sent us all home. So there's so many horse people who want to go out and spend extended periods of time in more remote areas with their horses, but they have to be able to connect to the internet. And that, that, when I saw that come across my Facebook feed, I, I was doing the happy dance. And so you've got, have had, you've got that, you've got 
new and improved facilities as far as a swing pool, which is lovely to have, and you've got better parking. So a lot going on over there. So I hope that uh, you keep in touch with us, Clayton, and keep us informed of all the latest and greatest, and hopefully we'll be able to get out there and do a tour of the new facilities soon. Yeah, that'd be great. And stay, like I said, if everybody stays tuned to the to our Facebook page, we post regular updates anytime we have a breakthrough uh, on the development. So it's uh, stay tuned on there on our website, and you'll be able to to be able to stay in focus on what we're doing. And what is the Facebook page and website? The Facebook page is Black Prong Equestrian Village. And then the the website is blackprong.com. Blackprong.com. All right. Thanks a bunch, Clayton. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Wendy, you had a chance to take a look at the latest pictures I posted. I posted them on the Horses in the Morning page of the World Equestrian Center. Speaking of things that are looking kind of nice here in Ocala, Oh my God, they have not spared a dime on this place. It is I incredible know. looking. <laughs> um, just the, the attention to detail with everything from recessed light posts to just, I mean, you just, and the trees, they must have planted a thousand trees and 10,000 bushes. Oh my God. And we're God. talking full grown trees. You know, whoever has the concession for the uh, horticulture it just bought a yacht. <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, it's so nice. And the RV park, like if you go to camp. I just want to go horses, camp there, and I live three miles away. It's just, it's, I know. You can yeah. ride your bike there. You and can, what are the laundromat? <laughs> the laundromat. It's a horse lover's laundromat. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be something else. And I, I feel privileged. You know, we live so close. You did, too. We live so close to the Kentucky mm-hmm. Horse Park, and we could go over to any time we wanted for shows. And yeah. we live three miles from this. I could ride my bike over. So, I, you know, it's going to be neat to be able to go to shows anytime we want and to get some great interviews. And, you know, for the Horse Radio Network, it's going to be good, too. Yeah. Um, and if there's a driving show there, you can come up and we can go record. That's right. So, yeah. It's so fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. And they were smart, actually. He got a lot of crap because, remember, they closed the Ohio facility for the whole year. They stopped doing shows there. Uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID, but I think it was also because then they could concentrate all their people on finishing this. Uh, so oh, yeah. in a way, you know, and then with what's recently happened with pony finals and things being canceled and stuff, I think he just didn't want any parts of it. He just said, I don't need the distraction of having to deal with how do I keep shows safe and everything in Ohio while I'm trying to get this done in Florida during all of this. So I think he's a smart businessman. <laughs> you know, he's, there's a reason he does everything he does. Um, and there's a reason he can afford to put three quarters of a billion dollars into this place. It's it's something else. Can't wait. That's to, a lot. Can't wait. You're coming up. I'm sure they're going to have a media event before the grand opening. You're coming up. You're definitely going to join oh, me good. for that. No question. We're all we're all going to go have fun at that. That'll be fun. <laughs> yep. Well, speaking of uh, uh, events, Tryon is another really nice equestrian uh, facility. It's going to be having a driving show. Yes. Somebody gets to go driving at Tryon, and Katie Cadwell's coming up with the Tremont training tip to tell us about it. Well, this month we have Katie Cadwell from Tremont Training Center back with us. And Katie, I hear we're going to start showing again. I think the time has come. People are tired of being at home training and they really want to get out and show. And they've come up with protocols so we can all stay safe from the virus but that we can get our horses out and get back showing. Um, you know, it seems like 
when we're at a horse show, you're not that real, that close to anybody, but I guess you do have this interactions and people come from all over the country. So, uh, nobody from Florida is going to be allowed to go. We're, we're not allowed to go anywhere. But besides North shunning, it's not much better. We're banned from everywhere too. <laughs> okay. Well, besides shunning your human friends, <laughs> let's talk about what we should do with our ponies. Like, what do you think? Uh, this has never happened before, you know? So what do you think? Uh, do you have advice for what we should do to prepare? I think the biggest thing is, so we, we've been working our horses and ponies. We've been getting them ready. We've been training, so now we should think about the show, say, try on is, is coming up. It's about six weeks away. Let's make sure that we're starting to get them fit enough to go and starting to do all this stuff like, okay, let's check the trailer. Let's make sure our show kit is together. But this time add in hand sanitizers, some masks, because it isn't just um, you. It's that there are going to be other people around, right? And you yeah. take someone to help you or a groom and that person needs to be equipped also. So you want to make sure that in your show kit now you have all this extra. That's true. Now, uh, you know, I think most seasoned show horses are fine having this much time off, but like, what if you just started your baby and, and, and you just were in your first season of showing, do you think, is there any steps you need to take? to get back into it? So I think it's pretty much like starting over. Yeah. Right? You've had a huge break now. They've been away from the show ring. They've been away from, like, especially the driving horses, a warm-up ring. When you work yeah. them at home, you never work them with other animals. Mm-hmm. So the warm-up rings always become issues. So I would treat it like it's your first show of the season. You've had the winter off. You're coming back. And okay, we're ready to go, but we're going to be cautious and we're going to be very safety conscious. So we're going to pay attention to our animal and don't let the whole COVID thing rule your mind when you're working your horse. You need to concentrate on your horse or pony. Yeah. You know, a lot of single drivers, and I know I was like this when I started, I you know, I used to take my horses when I used to ride by myself. Like, I, why do I need to take somebody when I'm driving? Right. But, um, and I still got away with that a lot of times with a single, but I don't know. Now, do you feel like there's that rule change that there, there should be a, a person on all the carriages, unless it's a mini carriage? What, how do you feel about singles without a handler, especially in these situations? I am a super strong believer in taking someone with you, someone capable with you, Mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier to take someone with you than ask around showgrounds to find something to help you, especially now in this day and age when we need to be careful of who we interact with. Mm -hmm. If you take somebody with you that knows you, you, knows your animal and has been around you, you're not introducing new germs to yourself, but you also have someone there specifically for you. Yeah, like if something goes wrong. It makes a huge difference, even for peace of mind. Even if you were were going training level single at Tryon Wendy, I'd tell you to take someone with you, someone Mm -hmm. to head your horse, somebody to help you, even just mentally someone to talk to you so you can talk through the hazards with somebody. And, you know, it's 
stop that interaction of somebody you know and not trying to pull somebody out of the crowd to help you that can give you a lot of peace of mind when you're showing. It's going to be a stressful enough environment with wearing masks and sanitizing and people getting on edge, right? Yeah. And we don't want to play that talk. You know what I've noticed too with the mask thing is that uh, I have to really struggle like to make eye contact with people out in the open, right? I feel like we are doing a lot less eye contact with strangers. And when you're driving in the warm-up arena, like if you get in this whole thing where you're wearing your mask and you're kind of in your own little zone, you might not be as aware of other people. That's funny because I find myself looking at people's eyes more than I ever have. Really? Yeah, because I'm a mouth watcher. And I have to force myself to look at people's eye. I have to consciously think about it, you know, before yeah. masks. So now yeah. that there's masks, I find myself f- finally looking at people's eyes and going, I finally, I can, I can lick that habit. Right. <laughs> but I like, you know, like, hey, and you don't, you, you're like, oh, it's under a mask. Nobody can even see that. Right. Yeah. So do and you I have admit, to have wear them in the warm up ring? <laughs> no, not you, Katie. <laughs> yes, I do. So the mask just make it worse. <laughs> yeah, but then you could just squint your eyes a little. People think you're smiling, but really you're just like, you know, yeah, but, whatever. Have you seen though people's <laughs> eyes when they're when you're squinting your eyes? It's either a grimace or a smile. You don't know which. That is true. That is true. You know the good thing about the mask for me. And sometimes people tell me the stupidest stuff, you know, <laughs> and you're like, I can't believe you're telling me this crap because I don't know why, but I've always been like this. People want to tell me their damn life story. But now under the mask, I can be laughing and they don't know it if I keep my eyes like kind of <laughs> wide open. They can still see the eye roll, Wendy. <laughs> Especially Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> so the gentleman is, yes, we may have masks on. But we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention in the warm-up rings. We need to pay attention to our environment. And like Wendy said, it's all just starting over. We, we're, it's like we're starting at the beginning of the season all over again. So do you, do you have to wear the mask in the warm-up ring and not in the competition? Is that how it is? So what the ADS says is, so we, we have to wear masks all the time in the stable area, anytime right, you're right. around anyone. Anytime you're off the, then the a- horse, The ADS yeah. says if you're on a carriage alone, you're fine. It's like riding. Okay. But if you have someone on that carriage with you, they must have a mask on. Ah. Okay. So if you have a groom on the back, like with a pair, or the foreign hand, you actually are supposed to have a mask on. So I got to I got to tell you they could talk to you while you're driving. How many weeks away walk. is it? How many weeks till till it starts? We have about six weeks. Well, at least it might be five or ten degrees cooler than it is now because that would be miserable right now. I, I, it's yeah. like, uh, that is very true. Yeah. It's been hot here. I'm sure it's hot there, too. You know what I've noticed, too, like with my doggy clients, that some of the dogs are really freaked out when I have to work on them with a mask on because they can't see my expression. So, you know, when we get to the end of like when they have to do bit check or whatever, do you think the horses are going to be a little bit more concerned about that? I 100% think they will be. And I think it's a good idea to maybe think about wearing your mask around the barn a little bit, getting them used to it. Because, again, like you said, they cannot see your face. 
They're not used to that at all. And horses pay attention. So they can hear you talking, but still, if you keep walking by them in a mask, I think it will become a non-issue. But the first time, especially with the younger ones, they could be like, whoa, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's Mm. true. (laughs) So our first show is Tryon, which is where we had the World Equestrian Games. And have you shown there before? I have not shown there. I have not shown there. Um. Is this the first show there since WEG or no? There was one before, right? No, there was one other one. But I do know, too, the other thing that they're going to do, which is very nice and competitor friendly for the marathon. Instead of going all the way down the hill and back up on the course, they're taking that part out of the course. So you go downhill, do your marathon section, and then you finish the course and then you can just walk up the hill. So the oh, final part of the marathon is not this big, long uphill because you figure the other thing is people might not have their horses quite ready for this. Now yeah. we've had a big break. Wendy and I had to walk that a few times. We know about that hill. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. It's very nice, especially for the ponies for it not to be in the course. Yeah. That's I know, a hell for of the a ponies, hill. That's too hard. <laughs> like you can take yeah. the carriage off down there and walk them back if you want to. If you wanted to, you could. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that, especially with the heat. It's still going to be hot, and it, it, it's you know, yeah, uh, that's good. <laughs> that's good to hear. And I'm sure they have it a lot more done. And and from what I hear, Tryon's been pretty good, unlike some shows which are getting in trouble. Tryon apparently has been pretty good about enforcing the rules and temperature checks and masks and stuff. So, uh, and they have so much stabling. Well, they and they don't want to get out. shut down. They know that they they're you know one of the first places that they're going to come after to shut them down. So. Uh, now, Kitty, do you know where they're going to have the dressage and cones? Is it going to be in the big fancy ring? I don't know if it's a fancy ring. I've heard that it's going to be on a footing ring, but I'm not sure uh, either if they've decided or it's one of the side rings. They have not made that clear. Well, I know, like, if you if they do have it in the big fancy ring some horses you know are not even used to that that even if there's no audience so that might be a challenge too yes it's a very enclosed ring it's almost like being in an indoor yeah so i find though that driving horses take that a little better than riding horses we already have winkers on and they've already learned as cde horses to move through hazards and uh like you know hoods above them so i think that or tend to, if, if you don't let it bother you, it will not bother your animal. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, Kitty, thank you so much for joining us this month, and we can't wait to talk to you next month. on our TCVM segment. I know a lot of things have changed since we've had this COVID-19 and when people go to the veterinarian, they have to, they can't go in with their pets anymore. Um, So we have Andrew Herrera and Dwight Birmingham from Paxi, which is like Uber for animals, Paxi Pet Taxi. And they have a great new service that's going to help people get their pets to the vet or have dog walking or uh, even transport, like pick up your pet food or hay, whatever you need. And they're going to tell us about that and how that can help your animals. So welcome, guys, to the Driving Radio Show. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, Dr. Yang. 
Thank you very much. Hi, guys. How are you? I hope you guys are enjoying, enjoying your time in this wonderful program. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you know, this is such a great service. You know, like, who would have thought a couple of months ago that when you took your dog to the vet, you would have to sit in the parking lot and then they would take your dog and take them in and then, you know, you wouldn't be a part of it. But people are kind of getting used to that service. And I know, you know, my mom, she used to love to just drop the dog off in the morning and then leave it there all day. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and would like maybe she would remember to go back and get it maybe not but um this <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about my mom but, <laughs> or the dog <laughs> it was, i'm not sure which. <laughs> the dog was so happy at that but um so how can this like pet taxi i think it could be so great for all different uses can you tell us a little bit about how it works so it's it's similar to how any ride sharing service would work uh, in the mm-hmm. sense that when you need some transportation, uh, you simply, of course, would have the app um, detail as far as what type of animal needed transportation, um, how many tra- animals would be transportation. Would it be you and your 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 animal or your pet, or would it be uh, just your pet by themselves or you by yourself? Um, that's how the the pro- the program works. Now, how this also works is depending on the size of the animal. If it's a larger animal, let's say like a llama, a horse, or any large animal, we ask for a day in advance just to to make sure we have the proper drivers transporting um, the pets to where they need to be. Right. That makes sense. Yes. And it's actually very convenient for everybody. You know, we have um, people right now that are not able to go to the vet and they have their puppies. Um in their house, but they're not able to 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 move around because of the age, because of uh, different type of um, difficulties. They don't have a car. Well, right now we are here for them. You know, we can take care of the dogs. We go ahead, uh, get the vaccines, get them groomed. If maybe um, I don't know something happened, and right now this week you you you're not able to take the dog out. We have also the the possibility to 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 walk um, the dog for you. And well, it's it's a very very complete process uh, mm-hmm. that we are actually offering here. So, yeah, it's wonderful not only for dogs, for horses. If maybe you you got to go to a specific show, but um, everything's booked. Well, we have the possibility to 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 take um, your horse to to the uh, horse show, to the race. Mm-hmm. You know, Where, I know that in nowadays, I mean the world is changing a lot. Like a lot of people, like for me, example, for example, I live on a five acre property with my horses. You know, I don't live in a farm. I kind of live in a subdivision with the horses. And, uh, so a lot of people in my neighborhood don't necessarily have a trailer, but if their horse gets sick and needs to go to the university hospital for surgery, you know, we, you could call on your friends or whatever, but this service would be great because somebody could contact you and find a ride or like with the hurricane bearing down, you know, people move around and sometimes they have to evacuate. This is a great way that they could find someone to help them. Yes, absolutely. So you, you want to go ahead, Dwight, or you want me to, so not only, not only your, your pet is being benefited, uh, but also uh, the people around your neighborhood, okay? Because mm-hmm. we're bringing actually em- employment. We're giving you the possibility. If you have a trailer, you don't use a trailer every single day. 
mm-hmm. or giving you the possibility if you have, depending on the insurance, depending what you cover, uh, if you can transport hay, you can transport um, horses, you can transport dogs, you can transport uh, different different type of goods and um, options to 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 the destination or to the the the, the need or the location, you know? Yeah. So, so people could sign up as a driver if they have a horse trailer or a big pickup truck and absolutely. Absolutely. So on the app, when you, when you have the app downloaded, um, literally depending on what you're looking for, we tailor make exactly the service that you need. So let's say you have a busy schedule and you can't get to your, your pet and they need to be walked or they need to go to the vets. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to bring them to the vets or know that they are being brought to the vets. We're actually also going to be implementing a RFID, radio frequency identification system, where mm-hmm. you know exactly where your your animals are when they are at the vets. And you also know when they are on transit back home as well. Oh, so really? We make it, That's great. Yeah, yeah, we make it absolutely simple for you so that the headache is gone. You leave the the care to us and you go take care of what you have to take care of. That way um, you can have a, 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 a profitable or t- your, your life can be taken care of without any hiccups. So they can like be watching the app on the map and see where their animals are. Correct. Yes, that's oh, correct. That's yeah, we're having updates. Uh, I don't know, like once a week on the app, we're adding different features. We're um, uh, actually updating as far as quality because this is not only um, for 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 to transport um, your pets or your, your your animals. It's just to have the best quality service in the mm-hmm. industry. That's what we're planning on, you know, and that's yeah. where we're focused. And every time, every um, every ride we do is we try to have like the five-star average right there all the time and yeah we're implementing the options um in the future we want to have like the possibility for you to view your um pet or your horse in the trailer to make sure that he's all right if maybe mm-hmm. you want to call the, the 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 driver or send them a text regarding something that you forgot you have that option right there available yeah. um we're gonna have a little feature as well where we're, we're planning on different really, really good options as far as like having a technician in case maybe, I don't know, you need to take a, a, a sick animal to a veterinarian, but he needs to be having certain medicine or whatnot. Mm-hmm. We can go ahead and uh, probably have a technician within that ride if it's uh, scheduled previously. Oh, that'd be great. So it's like very well said. Um, mm-hmm. And well, yeah, the whole idea is that the, the pets are being benefited. The animals are having what they really deserve, you know, love. Well, well you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, animals that we see. You know, uh, Andres and I work together sometimes at uh, veterinary clinics. And, you know, sometimes we see these uh, people that maybe they have, uh, like we saw somebody the other day. She had a broken leg and she's trying to bring her dog into the vet. You know, and like she can't do the that. Little Staffy, the the Stanfordshire Terrier. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And, oh, and so yeah. that would be a great situation because it's hard to drive when you have a broken leg. But you know, so you could call this taxi and they can take the person and the dog together, or they can That's just right. take the dog. Yeah. One of our very first transport that we did was an elderly couple. Um, the husband was wheelchair bound, and and the wife she was. Uh, she was unable to really walk too well. The problem mm-hmm. that they had was they had a big dog. 
um, a, a big lab and the problem was the hip was out of place on the lab. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't able to transport the animal or bring them to the vet. Right. So the, their, their pet was in a lot of pain, just like yeah. us as, as people, we want to be taken care of if we're hurt. And we believe that pets, because pets are part of our families, they deserve the same type of care that we deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually went and we picked the dog up, gently placed them in the truck and transported the woman as well to the veterinarian, waited with her as her pet was being taken care of, transported mm-hmm. the pet back into the truck and gently brought them the pet back home as well. Um, that's what we do for um, the service that we provide. Well, that's great. And so uh, how can people find out more about uh, about this, your app? So it's very simple, depending on the, on the, on the structure that they're looking at it. If you have an iPhone, if you have a, an, Android phone, an, an Android phone, or if you're looking at it on a website, our website is ridepaxi.com. All right. Mm-hmm. If you can look it up from your phone as well, and it will le- allow you to download the app, the, no matter which which type of phone or um, um, carrier you have. So it will, le- it will go ahead and let you download it right there. Um, it's on any, any, any. Um, right there, you have the different options. Once you download the app, ridepaxi.com, or you just search on the app store, ridepaxi. Uh, it will go ahead and drive you through what you're looking for. If you want to work with us, if you want to become a driver, um, a walker, a sitter, a shopper, if maybe you're just looking to uh, be like a taxi vendor, we have that option available. Um, a little bit of everything. Right now, uh, we are expanding. Um, I don't know if, if you're aware of this, uh, but we're expanding nationwide on September 1st. So we will be located in every part of the United States. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and well, um, yeah, it's that's that's the type of things that we like to promote, like having the best service and always gives um, good news for, for everybody. It's not only for us, but also like all the vendors, all the walkers, the sitters are, are, are enjoying this app um, a whole lot because it helps them a lot. And the animals are receiving what they deserve, you know? The so, best of the best. So are you also looking for drivers? Like some of our people obviously have horse trailers and all that. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. they do that through the app too or on the website? or. So they start off with the app um, and they would be reached out. They could go either through the app or they can go through the website um, as far as if they would like to work with us or for us. Um, it's a lot of different options that are available. We make it very easy um, because as, as this the way the world has gone, we're, we're going into more of a touch-free environment, and that's where we come in. Um, a lot of the services that are needed, we here at Paxi are more than happy to um, do the work for you. So if you have to um, get some meds for your pet or some food for your pet, we can go and, and go pick that up and deliver that for you. That way um, it limits the amount of contact that you have if, if that's what you desire. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Yeah. Yeah, you'll never have to go pick up hay again. You can just call the taxi <laughs> to bring it to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, the good thing about it is, like you said, you can also call us. All right. So we have a, a, a toll free number that if maybe you don't have access to a computer, your internet went down, you are in the middle of nowhere, you just go ahead and call our toll free. Okay. It's very simple. It's 877-PAXI-911. <laughs> so oh, that's great. So it's pretty much uh, 
very easy to remember, 877-PAXI-911, uh, whatever you need. If maybe you just uh, want to be a vendor, you want to call us and you don't want to go through the whole hustle of, of doing the process, we can go ahead and help you gather the documents and tell you exactly what you need and, and everything. Um, we have an email, of course, um, writepaxi at gmail.com in case maybe you want to be like more more like into the chat uh, system and you want to get everything right there documented, we have that option available as well, of course. You know what I was just thinking when you were saying this phone number, this Paxi 911, if you are driving your horse with your horse trailer and you have a your horse trailer breaks down or your truck breaks down, you could use the app or you could call the number and try to find somebody close with the horse trailer to come get you and help you off the highway. Exactly. That's exactly yep. what you can do. That's where we're aiming. That's where we're aiming to have like drivers like nationwide. That way we have that open um, service like 24-7 in any mm -hmm. location. And well, we can help out the, the, the pets uh, wherever you guys want to take them. If it's to a horse show, if it's to a horse race, we'll be right there covering you. That's great. Well, thanks, guys, so much. It's such a great service, and I can't wait to download the app and see how it works. And tell us again how they find it. You could go to directly from my website. You could go to ridepaxi.com, mm -hmm. and you can actually download it right there. It'll take you exactly if you're either on an iOS or Android-powered system, you'll be able to download the app straight from there. Well, great. Thank you guys or so much. Or just a, a toll-free number, 877-729-4911. 877 Paxi 9 Great. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thank you, Thank you very you much for it. your time. Well, it's time for the ADS segment on the Driving Radio Show. And we have Lauren Reese, who is the chair of the ADS Rules Committee, because it's that time of year when we talk about rule change proposals. So, welcome, Lauren. Uh, thank you for having me, Wendy. So uh, tell us a little bit about what this is all about, the rule change proposals and the uh, membership comment time. Okay, so this is a year-round process, and it actually starts in January. And any time between January and the end of May, any member um, can submit a rule change suggestion, anything that they want. Mm -hmm. um, it can be a new rule, it can change an old rule, it can ask for a rule to be taken away, whatever they want. So they submit these to the ADS and they come to the rule book committee. Um, after we get them, starting in June, uh, the rule book committee takes a hard line look at each one of these rule suggestions. They go to the tech committee, so anything concerning dressage would go to the dressage committee. Anything concerning combined driving would go to the combined driving. And they, each committee looks at them and said, you know, this has some merit. Um, let's forward it to uh, for member comments. Mm -hmm. um, so then we compile the list, and on the 1st of August, uh, we send it out for member comments. So members can weigh in. Um, if they think it's a good idea and why, if they think it's a bad idea and why, and they have the whole month of August to do that. Um, that's done via email, and every week I can compile every comment we get and uh, put it on a document, and that is published on the ADS website so everybody can see what everybody else had to say. Um, that's great so because sometimes people... <laughs> 
Yeah, sometimes you see people's comments and why they like it or don't like it, and you can see their point of view. And you, maybe it's a situation that you haven't really thought about. Right. And uh, as somebody said to me today, we don't care where good ideas come from. You know, So somebody yeah. may have a good idea that the rest of us just haven't thought about. So um, on the on the rule change proposals that we have this year, uh, is there any, do you want to talk about one of one or you want me to bring well, up? Well, the, the, the two that are um, raising the most uh, conversation mm-hmm. are the ones that uh, would uh, make having a groom mandatory for all single drivers um, right mm-hmm. now. Uh, the ADS does not follow the FEI in having um, every person have to have a groom with them. Right now, the only time we need grooms are singles on the marathon and pairs and uh, multiples. So that's causing quite a bit of conversation. It is a safety issue. That was the reason for the proposal mm-hmm. that uh, we everybody always have somebody close by that can lend a hand in case that something goes awry, but that's causing a lot of conversation. Um, and, and rightly so it's a, it's an expense for some people. Some people have two wheel vehicles that don't Mm -hmm. accommodate two healthy sized, um, adults. And some people don't are trying to do this on a shoestring budget. So they, they have legitimate reasons and we will, look at them very, very closely um, and have to weigh that against the safety issues and see, see how we land. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the rules that I thought was interesting and uh, made me chuckle a little bit was from Jeff Morse about mm-hmm. changing to the metric system because I've always hated that. I always wanted to change to the metric system ever since I was a little kid. It's so much easier. It, it is so much easier. And in combined driving, that's all we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go from combined driving to pleasure driving, and they're talking feet and inches as a, as right. a TD, which I am, it, it causes a lot of confusion, all my equipments and metric. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes the rule book, you know, they have to have the conversion charts in there and all that. So that um, we set out this year, and our goal was to make the rule book clearer and more concise. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we looked at. Make it metric all the way through. Yeah. Um, some of the other things that we've done, Wendy, is we are moving um, the non-rule parts out of the rule book mm-hmm. this year. We are moving the uh, requirements for licensed officials, the non-licensed competition personnel section, the approval of competition section, and the section on turnout and presentation. Um, None of these are really rules that apply to uh, the most of our membership. Mm-hmm. So this will make the rule book a lot easier for them to look at, handle, and digest without being overwhelmed. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, so tell us again, how can members, uh, how can they, first of all, find the rule change proposals? Okay, so the rule uh, change proposals are on our website under the tab for rules. They've mm-hmm. also been sent out on Facebook. Um, so if you just do a search for American Driving Society on Facebook, you'll find them there. Um, you can read them. And then what we ask is that you email your comments to rulebook 
at americandrivingsociety.org. And every Friday, we will publish uh, everybody's comments for everybody to see. So I spend Saturday through Thursday uh, going through all the comments and making sure that everybody's uh, comments get heard. Um, Well, Lauren, you're a saint. Thank you for doing that. Oh, oh, you're so welcome. And I, we, I, I just want to stress that we do take everybody's comments seriously. Um, and we are here. We don't have an agenda to, to do anything except make the sport fair and safe for everybody. Right. Well, thanks so much. And I look forward to seeing all the comments. All right. Thanks, Wendy, for having me. Bye-bye. Well, that was a packed, fun show there, Wendy. Thank you so much for putting all that together. And thank you to Coach Jen for doing that interview for us. We appreciate it. And you can find all of Wendy's products where? At drwendyying.com. Drwendyying.com. And she will ship those out to you all the way from, well, they're not coming from Florida. We won't tell anybody that. There'll be no packages coming from Florida. (laughs) No, they are coming from Florida. (laughs) She disinfects them first. She sprays Lysol inside, outside. And we also have a blog. I've been having some writer's block, I'll admit it. But there's a lot of stuff on there, and you can search, and there's a lot of stuff about Chinese veterinary medicine and... uh, and acupuncture. And that's at drwendyying.com, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. And, of course, you can find all the past episodes for The Driving Show. Go to Horses in the Morning. Scroll down to the – or, no, actually, Driving Show is much easier. Just go to drivingradioshow.com. And right there, it's on website. You can get all the past episodes that we've done. And it's been a lot. So head on over there for that. Tomorrow, uh, Jamie will be here. It's Really Bad Ads Day. And we're announcing – three brand new prizes for the month of August, thanks to horselovers.com. They're bringing us a whole bunch of prizes, and we're very excited about those. And that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Be safe, everybody. And keep the shiny side up.